0: Welcome to the Fan Speak Network. I'm your host, Megan Schaub. You can follow me on Twitter at Meg08DFS, and I'm joined by my brother, Steve, to talk week one daily fantasy on DraftKings. You can follow Steve at Steve Speak. Steve, how are you doing? And are you already building some week one lineups?
1: I'm uh, doing good. Yeah, exciting to see the lineups out. We just had the Hall of Fame game. You know, football's back.
0: Eh, football is back. It was a Long offseason for me. Each year, the offseason gets longer and longer for me. So even when preseason's back, I get so, so, so excited. So I was also so excited and just thrilled when DraftKings released their week one salaries about a a little over a week ago. And you and I just started like digging through, you know, already starting some research, writing, playing, obviously starting to build lineups. And we both, written a couple articles because we were so excited about the week one article. So we thought, why don't we talk through these very, very early thoughts and analysis on week one? And believe me, we will have plenty more articles and content, plenty more shows that will dive way deeper on kind of why we feel this way about certain players or stacks or games. But this is just kind of our week one overview thoughts. So why don't we go through my article first, and then you can kind of give me some feedback and then vice versa, and we'll do it that way. So Steve, I had written an article about um, kind of my favorite um, game stacks, um, kind of stands and to make offenses that I kind of really like that could be underowned, And of course, the players that I'm willing to really spend up for, and the players that I see as major values. So why don't I start there? Um, we have the highest total on the slate is the Chiefs Cardinals. And while I absolutely see myself having exposure to that game, I can also see myself going to some other game stacks that could be a little lower owned. And actually my favorite one that I think is going to be the highest owned of the high total games. And when, of course, when we say high total games, we're talking about the Vegas totals, what Vegas thinks the total will be. And of those high total games that are north of 48 there's only three or four games that are north of 48 points projected right now right so of those games my actual favorite kind of hopefully under the radar stack is the vikings packers set at about i think 48 and a half right now what do you think about that for kind of maybe an under the radar game stack
1: so uh... I like it for under-the-radar. I don't think people will be high on it with the Packers losing Devontae and right. and, um, and while there's been a lot of buzz about the Vikings, I think everyone knows Packers have a really good defense. I mean, in fact, they spent their two first-rounders, not on receivers for Aaron Rodgers, but on <laughs> defenders. So, right. I mean, Packers should have a good defense, but this is still a Vikings offense that even last year when they were you know, a little bit more old-school mentality, to put it nicely, mm-hmm. Um, you know they had a shootout with the Packers, um, right? You know, you know we we all remember that. And you know, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, adding KJ Osborne, Irv Smith, uh, Dalvin Cook. I mean, there's fi- firepower here, and they have an improving offensive line. So I think we absolutely could see a shootout, and that's what you need for the Packers. Like, um, you know, the whole Packers problem with Aaron Rodgers is when they don't when they aren't pushed. You know, Rogers is not gonna go off, but this is the type of situation where they could be pushed. So that's exactly on that side as well.
0: Right. And of course, from that side, I like you know, Lazard, but I really like Aaron Jones because I think when you know there's not maybe as clear weapons as 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 Rodgers had last year with Devontae Adams, we've seen that he will throw the ball a lot to Aaron Jones. So I think Aaron Jones really could be a big dual threat weapon. I think AJ Dillon's gonna get a lot of work on the ground still. But I think Aaron Jones will be a dual threat weapon, so I kind of like him because the way he's priced too, I could see him kind of being a, a kind of a forgotten man. And we always all know all know that Aaron Jones can you know go off for three touchdowns in one game. I know I've seen it on the times I don't play him.
1: Yeah. No, and and I think the you know we just saw um, the Packers' final game against San Francisco in the playoffs. Basically, two guys got targeted davante adams who's no longer here and aaron jones right uh, and aaron jones was just absolutely destroying the 49ers defense so right can do the same in this game and you know i just think like you said um they're gonna have to get him involved if the packers offense is going to maintain that high level and you know rogers likes guys that he trusts right uh, have some rookie receivers and maybe one of them you know a lot of buzz on romeo dubs in right. camp so far but we're talking week one here you know week. 15, four, 14, something like that. Maybe Dubs is really locked in and locked this right. guy. But at uh, the start of the year, I think guys like Lazard, Aaron Jones, Cobb, mm-hmm. um, you know, those could be the guys that uh, Tunyon, if he's back healthy. And, and there's that, that's the other thing with Aaron Jones. Tunyon might not be healthy week one. So right. that could also filter more to Aaron Jones.
0: Right. Yes. And, and that kind of leads me into kind of the next segment that I talked about in that that kind of very week one early analysis is offenses. I want to be early on, you know, because I think one point I want to make, and I'll continue kind of beating this drum throughout August and, and leading up to the start of the season is, you know, those first few weeks in daily fantasy and especially week one, those are the weeks I've honestly done the best. And the reason why is because we don't really have this year's data points to go off. You know, we, we think we know, but we don't necessarily No. And so we don't have this year's data. And so, you know, people will have strong stands, and, you know, there will be players that are very high owned. And and believe me, if I think it's good chalk, I will be on it. But I think week one and early in the season is where you can be more contrarian fade the public in places that you don't necessarily agree with, or you don't agree with the data, or you don't agree with the the kind of the opinions. And and those are weeks to make strong stands. And that has benefited me very well in the past years. If I look at my uh, roto tracker, uh, the month of September is is usually the month that I've done the best, and I'm hoping it is going to be that way for this year, too. So the offenses I'm high on that I'm going to make some early stands on are the Vikings. You know, we've got Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Rams. Um, you know, he did you know, obviously what he did with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and that offense was incredible. But there's a lot of other like kind of little statistics that I mentioned in the article, like, you know, Vikings had one of the, the worst third down rates in the league, while the Rams had one of the better third down rates of the league. So if you're not getting off the field, you're staying on the field, that means you're, you're getting more offensive stats, which is just fantasy goodness. So I really like what Kevin O'Connell can do. He's also rumored you know, and talked about. Um, Justin Jefferson said it himself that this isn't a run-first team anymore, and we'll see if that actually comes to be. But the thought is that this could be a more pass-happy team. So, what do you think about that? And and being early on the Vikings with Kevin Connell as a coach, with again all the weapons that that Kirk Cousins has.
1: Yeah, you know, I think um, people love to knock Kirk Cousins, but the, the guy produces, especially on yeah. a 1st snap per attempt basis. Uh, he's been extremely consistent. Uh, basically since he took over the uh washington job in 2015 um uh on those on that level now you know some years uh, particularly with the vikings some of those first couple years he didn't get as many attempts as you would want but uh last year his attempts were were pretty strong a lot of times because the vikings were behind this time it could even go higher just because their tempo should be higher their pace should be higher and just their their overall strategy they're going to come out firing um and uh, you know the other thing that we'd see with kirk cousins in the last couple of years is sometimes they would go get off to a good start and he'd have like 240 yards and two or three touchdowns and then they just stop throwing right i don't think that's going to be the case i mean sure if it's a total blowout
0: but right
1: um right. but i i think you know kevin o'connell knows uh, you know he's a former quarterback um you know he's uh, w- with the Patriots. So he learned from under Tom Brady, went to Washington, actually worked a little with Kirk Cousins in yeah. Washington, and then
0: they have uh, some history
1: beyond. And then, you know, obviously with the Rams and, and the Sean McVeigh tree, and they're not necessarily the most aggressive uh, passing tree, but they go out there, they want to have a strong passing attack. And when you have weapons like this, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson is, maybe the best receiver in the league. I mean, there's a couple other guys who who are, are in the mix, but he is that talented. He's that good. And Adam Thielen, you know, this guy missed, you know, a third of the year last year, and he was still a, a very strong fantasy season because he had double-digit right. touchdowns. Um, right. So, the weapons are there. Cousins is a good quarterback, and I think Kevin O'Connor is exactly what this team needed.
0: Absolutely. I 100% agree. And that's why I've been so bullish on the Vikings in future markets. Um, You know, on on week one, I'm going to be very uh, overweight, as we can tell. Let me touch on some of the other offenses I kind of want to be kind of overweight on. Um, I really like the Dolphins and you know, another new coach coming. Um, that's a brilliant offensive mind in Mike McDaniel. I cannot wait to see what he does with Tua and now Tyreek Hill and all the weapons they have. So I want to be early on the Dolphins. Um, they have they are matching up against the Patriots week one, which I know sometimes you get nervous. Oh, who's Bill Belichick going to take away? But I want to be early on the Dolphins. And I also and this one may have some scratching heads. I want to be early on the Panthers. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey's back. He's a dual threat weapon. You know, he's a guy who's a threat to double bonus and rack up a ton of c- catches and and just he can he's he is a guy on DraftKings that can, you know, get you 40, 50 points. He he does that, ha- has that absolutely in his range of outcomes. So if if he is the Christian McCaffrey of 2019 or even the the flashes we saw when he did play in 20 and 21, unfortunately only played 10 games, 2020 20 and 2021, 20, but Even in those 10 games, he flashed that CMC upside. So, um, you know, I love Christian McCaffrey. I actually think Baker was just injured last year, and that's why his stats were so down. I think he could have a bounce-back season, and if he could get his stats back to kind of what they were in 2020 with the Browns, you know, I think that's very functional to support Christian McCaffrey, especially DJ Moore, and even Robbie Anderson. So, you know, those are the teams I kind of want to be early on, and I don't know, but outside of Christian McCaffrey, if people are going to be as well. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, and uh, I'm I'm very high on Christian McCaffrey. He was my, um, we'll get to my article later, but he was my uh, high high price running back that I'm I'm targeting, and it's for what you said. Um, In I think he had six games last year of 10 or more carries. I mean, we're talking a very low bar here. And in four of those, he had twenty-four and a half points or more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, know, he's just so so talented, and that was with Sam Darnold. That was with Cam Newton and and PJ. You know, like I mean, the play was just horrendous. The offensive line was okay, but it's it's gotten better. You know, they yeah added their top pick there.
0: Um, And they added two guys in free agency. I was just writing an article about the Panthers last night. They there are three new starters on the offensive line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The offensive line could could be at least at average if not a, a strength right and um and you know quarterback play just has to be better um can't has to be much worse than it has been these last couple of years for McCaffrey so you just put that together and he's not the highest price guy I mean I think people will look at Jonathan Taylor um even Derrick Henry uh in, in their juicy matchups um mm-hmm. you know you got guys like Eckler Cook I mean plenty of top running backs right that everyone will like so i just don't see mccaffrey getting steamed and, and having a major ownership in fact of the top like six guys he might be the fourth or fifth lowest owned so That's
0: interesting because i love it then i'm all in yeah <laughs> and and let's i mean and dj Moore. i mean this guy has been Mr. Consistent over 1,100 yards the past three seasons with, as you said, very subpar quarterback play. Even if Baker – Baker doesn't have to go out and, you know, have an MVP season. He just has to go out and be a really functional quarterback. If he's, like I said, anywhere near the 2020 2020 Baker Mayfield with the Browns, then he's really going to support the receivers for the Panthers, and that means D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore has somehow only had four touchdowns each of the last three years, that yeah. number's got to go up. So yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he he should at least have eight this year, if not more. Um, right.
0: Exactly. You know, with
1: his his level of targets and catches, even even though he's not your you know big red zone threat, like he's gonna get more touchdowns. It's just there's no way if he stays healthy, he's having under eight this year. Uh, uh, you know, that's uh, um, you know, I I think he's another guy, and you know, the targets were there for him last year. It was just. Uh, there were a lot of bad targets and yeah, exactly. They just, even a even a, a average above average quarterback play and he could just have a monster year. So um and you know the Browns defense can be good but they they've lost some pieces and you know that organization right now is just obviously going through a lot who knows how they step off on the field when they get in and, and I like the fact that's in Carolina.
0: So. Right. Agreed. Well I mean, we could go on and on. I could talk about this all day, but I want to get to your article, too. So, you know, go through my article. I talked about, again, kind of making those stands early offense. We just talked about the offenses. I like some stacks I was interested in. I also talked about some spend up plays and um, values, but we're going to kind of talk about that in your article. I also wrote another article with my week one first look. So check out you know, both of my full week one articles, but now let's get to your article, Steve, and you broke it down. Um, so let's go kind of position by position and kind of talk about your targets and fades, which then each, and again, you're probably only going to highlight one because you have many more within the article. So check out both of Steve's articles. He breaks down each position at each price point and gives, you know, multiple players that he likes and, and doesn't like as much. Um, so be sure to check out both of those articles. So let's start with the quarterback position, Steve, who are your kind of top like targets and fades?
1: So for quarterback, I I break it down each position, a high price, medium price, and a low price guy. Right. Um, I'll I'll give you just, my high and medium price both come from the same game. So it's the quarterbacks from the second highest scoring game on the slate, right. and that's the Chargers Raiders. Yep. Um, you know, I just think naturally their ownerships is going to be less than the Mahomes-Murray from the, the highest mm-hmm. scoring game. And you two guys who were just absolutely high-powered offenses, I think we're going to see shootout after shootout in the uh, AFC West this year. Agreed. This going to be the one from the jump that we see. So um, I just love both of them. Um, I love him. I mean, Carr obviously 5,900 could be a massive discount compared to um, if his production is as high as we think. A guy, you know, he gets to Aaron Waller back, gets Devonte Adams. Uh, the only thing that hurt him last year was his touchdown rate was really low. His his completion percentage was strong. His yard. Mm-hmm was good it was his touchdown rate because hunter renfro was his touchdown maker last year well guess what you get darren waller back you get Devonte adams and oh yeah you have josh McDaniels now calling you play so right. uh compared to the the just mess that they had last year with all the coaching issues they had right. so absolutely love Derek the fade uh, i mean my fade in the in the medium range as well and it's justin fields um yeah you know, justin fields could be dynasty wise long-term talent you know, sky's the limit, but right now it's it's rough in Chicago. I mean, there was a report today that uh, the offensive coordinator basically said, we don't know what our uh, starting offensive line is going to look like. That's Ooh. not a good thing. We're not, <laughs> right. talking, we're not talking about one or two positions that are up for grabs. Basically, they have at least four positions up for grabs along their offensive line. And this is, again, not like what we just talked about Carolina, where they brought in some free agents or added a, mm-hmm. a first-round pick or a high-round pick. Chicago. That's not the case. They did not bring in any big name free agents. In fact, they lost free agents. Uh, right. They did not bring in a top draft pick. In fact, their number two, their second round pick from a year ago, Tevin Jenkins might not be on this team. He's not practicing right now. So this is a complete mess. Fields yeah. doesn't even have a ton of weapons. Um, there'll be some weeks where you'll want to play justin fields but he's playing the 49ers uh just you just see bosa and those types of guys just going going wild in this type of game so yeah i'm all out on justin
0: fields yeah um okay well then now let's move over to the running back position who are your top targets and fades there and again there's many more in the article and we have many much more to talk about but give us a little preview
1: I'll give you my mid-tier ones in this one as well, and Target okay. is is what I just talked about. The Bears versus 49ers. I mean, this could be uh, just a dominating performance by the 49ers defense against the Bears offense that just seems unprepared right now, Un- under under talented and unprepared. So I want Elijah Mitchell. I mean, it looks like it sounds like you know he's the 49ers number one back. Debo Samuel is probably not running near as much as he was a year ago. Yes, Trey Lance could steal some some rushing, but we know Kyle Shanahan and running backs. If you find the right guy, um, that that's what I want. And Elijah Mitchell is only priced at 5,400. I know it's DraftKings, and he doesn't catch a lot of balls, but I mean we could be talking 130 yards, two touchdowns pretty easy in this type of game right um so i just i just love him at that price i mean he doesn't even have to come close to those numbers to pay off this price and my fade is in that same range <clears throat> saquon barkley 6100 i know he's a favorite person uh, in off-season talk and you know bounce back and new offense and all that Excuse me. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, and they, they are a team that invests in their offensive line. So I give the Giants credit, but you're still talking about Daniel Jones leading this offense. And Tennessee was extremely good against the run last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I and it, it's likely going to be a slow plays game because Tennessee is going to run the football. So I just don't see a ton of opportunities for Saquon Barkley in this week one game. And I, I just think he's a little overpriced at 6,100. Um, if you you know like that's that's six that's seven hundred dollars difference between Elijah Mitchell there's other running backs in between that I would take over Barkley so for me it's really tough to pay up for Barkley when if you go a little higher you can get a stud uh, like an Aaron Jones like you talked about before I mm-hmm. think he's 6700 or if you go lower you're a guy like Elijah Mitchell so mm-hmm. uh, Barkley's just in a bad price range for this type of matchup okay
0: um, now let's Obviously move over to the receiver position. Give me a target and fade there.
1: Uh, so my my uh, target, I will give you my mid-tier target and my high-tier fade. My mid-tier target okay. is Michael Pittman Jr. Love it. Uh, you know, the, this Colts offense gets an upgraded quarterback. Matt Ryan, We they've talked about wanting to be a bit more balanced and not rely on Jonathan Taylor so much this year. And, you know, Matt Ryan – he just dealt with a mess last year with the Falcons. He's got a much better offensive line. Michael mm. Pittman Jr. is his number one target. He, you know, this is a guy is going to get like ten targets a minimum per game, and he could have twelve, fifteen. Uh, facing off against the Texans defense that just is not that good, um, they, you know, they get Derek Tingley Jr. But I, I just think it's going to be a, a welcome to the NFL type of moment for a guy like Pittman, who, who's an exceptional route runner and can just do do it all. So um, I think at fifty five hundred. He's just grossly, grossly underpriced, um, you know, for his expected role. I mean, he's coming off a good year. It's not like this is totally out of the blue. Right. Um, For my fade, a $6,400 A.J. Brown. um, You know, he goes from Tennessee and the highly accurate play of Ryan Tannehill to Jalen Hurts. Lowest passing volume offense in the league last year. Jalen Hurts was extremely inaccurate. Um, It's just not not a great fit. And then the fact that it's the Lions, Eagles should be very much a run first team. I think most people in their defense think they'll be ahead in this game and probably a low scoring game. So I just don't like A.J. Brown. And, and this is my point. I mean, you're paying nine hundred dollars more for A.J. Brown than Michael Pittman Jr. Um, that just doesn't make sense. I mean, A.J. Brown went from being the true alpha in Tennessee a year ago. Now he's got Devonta Smith there. He's got Dallas Goddard. There's a lot of good players. Good players um, for the the limited targets that are. Going well,
0: to- you kind of touched about on that on on best ball and Jalen Hurts and you know Jalen Hurts unless something drastically changes from his you know efficiency and accuracy and the amount they throw that would be very hard for him to carry three receivers like to yeah. carry them you know from a fantasy perspective. So sure, there's going to be games where one pops off here and you know, but um, it it it's hard to you know know when that'll be. And, you know, you and I do, I think, feel differently than the market about Jalen Hurts and the, you know, maybe how high of a ceiling he has in that Eagles offense. And we'll talk more about that in future articles and episodes, but you make a great Point that just the 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 game flow and you know his accuracy issues week one you know is it is it really going to is that the really the week to target him especially if he's coming with high ownership because a lot of best ball and draft biases tend to carry into week one.
1: Oh, I fully expect his ownership to be pretty high um, because, well, I think the sixty-four dollar price tag's way too high on him, especially when you're looking at you know guys below him like. Amon Ross St. Brown in that same game, just on the other side, or Marquise Brown, T. Higgins, D.J. Moore that we talked about. That. Yep. I don't want all these guys above him, right. but people will look at him. And from a raw talent, A.J. Brown is an elite, elite receiver. Absolutely. It's just a bad spot. Like if he had gone, like Marquise Brown went from a lower volume passing off last year was higher, but uh, generally speaking, lower volume, volume Ravens passing offense to a high volume Cardinals offense. So that's a boon. A.J. Brown, it, it, low volume but high efficient in Tennessee, to low volume and low efficiency in in Philly with more competition is just not a recipe
0: for success. Right. Agreed. Again, we'll have a lot more to say on that. Let, let's wrap up um, the these um, targets and fades and, and talk about yours target and fade for the tight end position.
1: So, uh, you know. My, I'll give you my medium target and fade for both. Um, my target is Zacherts. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Arizona Cardinals, we just talked about, it's the highest scoring game. Uh, you have Kyler Murray. Ertz really took off when he went with Kyler Murray last year. Some of those games without DeAndre Hopkins, some with, um, but we know Hopkins won't be there. He's suspended. Right. Um, they still have A.J. Green. They did get Marquise Brown to kind of replace Christian Kirk, but I mean, Zach Ertz should be the guy. And yes, they drafted Trey McBride, but rookie tight end. They don't do a lot early on, uh, typically speaking. So I have no fear of that. <clears throat> and also Chase Edmonds is gone. James Conner will, will handle a chunk of the passing work, but they don't even have their best passing uh, back from a year ago. So I'm all on board on Zach Ertz, and he's 4,500. Um, you know, we're talking we're talking 2,300 less than the highest price tight end, Mark Andrews. We're talking uh, 2,100 less than the other tight end in this game, Travis Kelsey. And I'm guessing his ownership will, won't be as high as it, it should be. I mean, even in best ball, he's going as like tight end 10 or 11, even though, uh, you know, if you extrapolate his Cardinals numbers over the course of a full season, he would have been like tight end five last year. So Right. That's um, a great point. So, you know, I, I just think they're – Could be valuable. I mean, there's definitely value in the price and opportunity, and maybe even in ownership. And we'll obviously see what the buzz is as we get closer. But I love that. And on the fade side, Pat Fryermuth. Um, I like Pat Fryermuth. He's a good tight end. This is not a great matchup. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's the first week of the Mm -hmm. new quarterback uh, time, likely Mitch Trubisky. Um, could be Mason Rudolph who knows um, you know there's uh, every every day it sounds like another one of those Steelers quarterback is yeah. in the driver's seat uh, either way I just think this is a bad matchup the Bengals have extremely athletic linebackers guys like Logan Wilson um, you know top tight ends like Jesse Bates um, you know like they just drafted a tight end or drafted a safety uh, these guys uh, Jesse Bates, Logan Wilson, uh, these safeties and linebackers can match up and take away tight ends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I also think, um, you know, Steelers added more receivers in the draft, like uh, like George Pickens. So there might just not be as many targets for Fryermuth on a week to week basis. Anyways, at 4,200, it's just, uh, you know, uh, you again, you're paying $300 more for Hurts. There's a few tight ends lower uh, that I would take easily over Fryermuth. So I just think it's a bad matchup, bad spot. Um, so just kind of a fade for me for fire youth, uh, sure. And 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 the one thing I will say, and, and this kind of goes across the board, most positions is nobody is overpriced because it's week one. Yeah, it's soft pricing for it's sure. Very soft pricing. So even the top of the tight end market, you know Kelsey and Andrews, 6800, 6600, Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts, Waller, all those types of guys, whether you like them or not, you know you can make that call. But none of them are as high as they probably will be five, six weeks into the season.
0: Exactly. That's why there does feel like a lot of values, you yeah. know, to start the the season. Well, we're gonna save uh, defenses and and for and let people read your article. Check out your defenses and check out. You had plenty more at each price point of targets and fades. So again, check out both of Steve's week one articles. Check out both my week one articles. A very early analysis and my very first lineup. Steve, any last thoughts on week one? for now because we are gonna have so many more shows to talk breakdown week one.
1: Well, I think uh, just keep an eye on so, how some of these uh, right. positional battles go on. You know, these prices are done well beforehand. A lot of rookies, uh, some are stepping up, some some injury concerns, we don't know. Um, but just keep an eye because, you know, that's what makes the a lot of this pricing soft to begin with, so.
0: Right absolutely well start start building your own week 1 lineups and you know check out our articles and again stay tuned to fanspeak.com for plenty more week 1 content throughout the month of august and early september and we are going to have plenty more week 1 shows leading up to the start of the season because we are so excited before you get out of here please be sure to like this episode and subscribe to the FanSpeak network we're just getting going and we like i said we have plenty more content coming also if you i know this episode was all about fit daily fantasy but We have been talking a lot of best ball. Don't forget to play best ball and go to Underdog Fantasy. Use code FANSPEAK and get that deposit bonus up to $100, 100% deposit bonus with code FANSPEAK. So go out there, play some best ball, make some week one lineups, and we'll see you next time.